Derby Kids, we got some awesome stuff to talk about. Mike Leach is in the SEC. National Championship game is on Monday, and we have the NFL playoffs. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is January 10th. We have some very exciting news in the college football land. The SEC is introducing Mike Leach as the new football coach down in Mississippi State. Lane Kiffin at Mississippi. How are we doing today, sir? Oh, we're doing great. I cannot wait for this matchup. Dude, I could not be more excited when I saw that news flash across my screen. Can you imagine Mike Leach at SEC Media Day talking about aliens and all the other shit he talks about with Nick Saban near him and Coach Ogeron and all those other guys in the SEC? It's going to be so fucking perfect. The SEC is not ready for a Mike Leach. (laughs) No, it is not. It does not understand what it's getting. It has football guys and then some guy from outer space at this press conference. (laughs) Dude, oh my God, I cannot wait. His philosophy talks, his history talks, his aliens and everything else that goes with Mike Leach. I mean, it is so perfect. Um, Yes. Just leave it as his Mike Leach talks because you never know what's going to come out of that man's <laughs> mouth or where he's taking a conversation. Like, he's going to put Nick Saban and Ed Ogeron's brains in a blender <laughs> during this time. Hell, Les Miles, too. I mean, like, mm-hmm. when you go down the list of SEC coaches right now, Mike Leach is the odd man out. And I like Mike Leach. <laughs> and I'm going to get to the football side of, like, this hire. But, oh, my God, it's such a funny image. I cannot wait. <laughs> It's like hiring Bill Walton into football. Yeah. Like, Mike Leach makes perfect sense in the Pac-12. Like, he fits with what you think of in the Pac, like a Pac-12 kind of guy. Not so much in the SEC if we're stereotyping the leagues right now. And he's great in doses, too. So it'll be really interesting to see what it's like when you get a full dose of Mike Leach. Oh, my God. Yeah, because, you know, he's going to be – I mean, that's going to be more primetime games for him because we'll be playing on the East Coast time zone – instead of West Coast, so we'll see a lot more Mike Leach, except for, like, the one random game we were getting with Washington State against Washington or right. a random Saturday night game, or if you're a degenerate, you stay up and watch them all. But let's <laughs> talk about the actual football implications. This is either going to go spectacularly awesome or spectacularly disastrous because the SEC, they're getting a taste of it. Like, they, the SEC, for the longest time, was great defense, with more of like a pro style offense. LSU has changed that. Florida started to change that. Kentucky's just, they're doing things on the fly, which Mark Stoops should have won coach of the year, in my opinion, with what he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lost all three quarterbacks and revamped his offense completely on the fly and still won six games. Um, but you're starting to see a shift. But like this is going to be something that the SEC has not seen at all where it is pure offense spread it all the way out as many wide receivers as you can get not so much defense there but maybe i mean he's an sec coat country now so he's going to have a little bit more recruiting he's going to have a fertile recruiting ground so we'll see what he can do there honestly i think it might work like i think this could potentially work at least maybe not like work like alabama georgia lsu work but competitive in the SEC work. Right. Well, I don't see how this could go horribly wrong at all. I mean, at the end of the day, it is Mississippi State that we're talking about here. 
The problem it's going to go with, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that mean, is- let me correct you here, Nate. It's Mississippi State. I mean, they had Dak and. It can go horribly wrong in the same way the Browns went horribly wrong this year. Because this is a this is a hire that builds expectations. And the worst thing to have is expectations and not prove it. Yeah, only, I agree with that. The only reason and that could go wrong for them because it's either gonna catch fire in a couple of years and he's because of his innovation offense, I mean he is an offensive guru. Like he he finds better ways to get guys in space and get them the ball through the air than I don't know if I'm going to say any coach, but he's up there. Like, he is – if you're naming offensive geniuses, he's up there. I I agree with that. He's very creative on offense. But these will also be the toughest defenses he's ever seen. And all of these offense, if you play zero defense, pretty much every offense in the SEC can put up points. Like, if you play zero defense, there's enough talent on pretty much every roster – that they will be more willing to get in shootouts because it's just more talented football. It's like sort of like the Big Ten. If you play no defense, there's so much talent there that you can get destroyed very easily. Not like the Big 12 where nobody plays defense and it's always a shootout. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to work, but I think it might take a second. And he's, once again, in more fruitful recording gr- recruiting grounds, so his athletes are probably going to increase. <laughs> Right. I guess I guess let's set expectations. What what do you expect from Mike Weech? Like I would expect him to like compete with Ole Miss, nine and yep. three, eight and four. So I don't see how this could go wrong in any stretch of the imagination. I don't I don't expect him to start competing with LSU Alabama. So that so this is where I think the biggest part here I think we should we should, this is a great great question. Set expectations. The I think the expectation for Mississippi State is, one, you will be extremely competitive against Ole Miss. Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin. We'll see how that goes. I don't know if that's going to go great, um, but you're going to be competitive there. I think as long as you're competitive there, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is a realistic expectation. The problem is, is they're in the toughest part. I think it's a good expectation because here's the problem. You have LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M. All three schools are in a better spot than you. I think it's not unreasonable to think that you'll compete with Jimbo Fisher. Who knows if he's actually going to get kind of going there. And I think it's not unreasonable to think every once in a while, Mississippi State, because it's because of the way his offense works, they might catch like an Alabama and LSU need to be careful because that could be Mississippi State could become that game where every year it's almost like a trap game where if you're not focused and you come in like, oh, this is Mississippi State, we're going to push them around, they could potentially catch you. And I think it's a fair expectation not to think you're going to win all the time or you're going to compete for SEC West champions or top of the heat. But every once in a while, occasionally catch LSU or Alabama sleeping at the wheel and finish top four, three, maybe, I think is a realistic expectation. Okay, I guess I would – you kind of influenced my decision there. I, I think I was over-hyping them by saying 9-3. and three. I would expect them to be 6-6 uh, six and six and win against Alabama or win against LSU, yeah, pull like off one random five. win. Like an 8-5 yeah, right. kind of yeah. thing. I could see that. Uh, like I was eight, off game. Sorry, 7-6 six, and six is what I – yeah. Yeah, 8-5. Somewhere in that sweet nine, spot four, where they're – where yeah. they got quite a few losses, but not 
not too many, and they pull off a huge win against uh, yeah. Georgia. In LSU, one year, Bama. they'll catch fire. Like, one mm-hmm. year, they'll absolutely catch fire, like all his teams do, where they'll be probably overranked, but they're going to be just this insane offensive powerhouse. And that year will be something to cherish. Like, cherish that year as Mississippi mm-hmm. State did. Man. But get used to the fact that you're probably going to be, just like you said, kind of that eight, nine and eight win season catching one of the top SEC teams asleep at the wheel every year, potentially. Competing, I would say. And I think that's a fair realistic or fair assessment or expectation. And if they beat that, great. But I wouldn't get right. too much happier above that. Yeah. Because you don't want to be the Browns like they are this yeah, year. Right. Yeah. Like, you do not want to become that equivalent where you think you're going to be competing for SEC championships right off the bat. Because Mike Leach, let's keep in mind, he's a great coach, but Last time I checked, Washington State isn't competing for Pac-12 championships. Like, he and the was, Pac-12's not any good. This is true. Yeah, the Pac, exactly. The Pac-12 isn't really good. Now, he was fantastic at Texas Tech. Like, they were – I think that should be the expectation, what Texas Tech was when he was at Texas Tech, where they had some explosive games. Like, I still remember that Michael Crabtree catch. That was with mm-hmm. him, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. And, like, they were a super – they were a competitive team. They were in the top 25 pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. But they weren't winning or dominating that conference year in and year out. But they were – they'll catch you on a night game, premier game, and be a super great team to bet against the spread kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) What I I see in Mississippi State's future. I see them more as a randomly sprinkle the money line here and there kind of a team where where you might catch a huge payday from sprinkling the money line on them. Yes, I very much agree. (laughs) yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair expectation. I think it's a fair expectation to return maybe towards his, because that was also once again he was in a good recruiting ground. Then it's a little harder at Washington State, if we're being completely honest. So I think you're in the that, middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. So I think what they got at Texas Tech is probably the best, but it's going to be a little bit harder because it's the SEC too. So maybe not exactly like Texas Tech, but that kind of idea. I think we've hit it pretty pretty good on the head. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're I think we've uh, exhausted all options on that front. Still going to be hilarious, and I cannot wait. But while we are on the college football front, we got ourselves a national championship game, and I don't know if you saw today LSU Thursday they've been dropping hype videos. Oh man, Dro- I already bet them. I took them <laughs> right when it opened. I put I put every not everything, but. I put my biggest bet of the year down on this at six. It's at six and a half right now. Un- under over is at 69 and a half. Go watch that hype video on LSU's Twitter page right now. You're going to want to run through a goddamn brick wall. This <laughs> is, I cannot wait. I think Clemson is a, a good coaching staff, a good team, but I think it's all LSU here, baby. They're in, they're in Louisiana. This is a home game. They're like, there's too much going here. I think for them to lose. Am I wrong? Uh, nope, I got really nothing on that front because I love LSU, and I wouldn't. It, it would have to be a significant spread again in order for me to bet against them. Just like it, not quite on the level of the Oklahoma game, just because Clemson's a much better team and Oklahoma did not belong in the playoffs and it was clearly shown. But <laughs> <laughs> that's an understatement. When have they ever really belonged out though? Outside of that and, one year when they went to Georgia uh, in the Rose Bowl, Georgia, Oklahoma, and they went to like five overtimes. Yeah, right. And while we're on this topic, I want to bring you back to when you argued for expanding the playoffs. Watch okay. those playoffs this year. How can you expand them? 
one game. It was one game. The other game was great, was it not? Exactly. So yes. you want more bad games until you finally no, get a good I game? No, the format's bad. Because you're telling me right now, I think the Oregon team we saw would be better, have been better suited. They wouldn't have won against LSU. They barely, beat, a, they barely beat Wisconsin. They would have right. gotten they blown out defense. by LSU. They would not have been blown out by LSU. They would have made that a much more competitive game. Did you see what? LSU against Georgia? Do you think I, Do you I'm think Oregon's right defense is better than Georgia's defense? No, but it would have been more competitive than Oklahoma. But also, that's getting away from the point of the formatting part. Which the Georgia one's tough. But LSU, first of all, has been the best team. Best team. This is a point I was going to get to later, but we might as well address it now. If they win Monday night, they are in the argument for the greatest college football team probably ever. Like, they're going to be up there in discussion with the early 2000 Miamis. They're going to be up there with the USC teams. They're going to be up there with, hell, if you go even further back with, like, Ohio State teams and, like, the teams that absolutely dominate. Like, there's going to be a real conversation about are they the greatest college football team we've ever seen because they are slaughtering people, like, in very good teams. So I think it's a bad example. If you take them out of the equation, expanding it this year, I think we probably would have – if you had moved it to six or eight teams, the team they eventually played I think would have been a better game than the Oklahoma game, but they still were going to kill whatever team. But all the other games would have been great. Like the Rose Bowl was great. <laughs> Could you Bowl imagine if that great. was a playoff game and then that team went and played however you want to format it? But, <laughs> like, that would have been great. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I, I like the four-team playoff. And I'm not also convinced that. Actually, I'm not going to say that because I do also think Clemson was probably the better team. Yeah, I don't think there's another team that probably would have beaten them. No, Ohio there's State. nobody else that would have beaten Ohio like, State or Clemson. Still, I think we still would have gotten to this point, but it would have been a lot more fun. To see that, for example, to see that Rose Bowl game and to think that team that got out of that because that was a great game gets to play another game, like that would have been fun. I think. I, I think we'd still be in the same spot where we're having these two teams because I think they're the two best teams and one is far superior. Now, you know, Monday comes around, Clemson could still win, and we should probably break that down a little bit more. But I think right now these are the two best teams in college football. But I still think it would have been awesome to have a bigger playoff. Because mm. the Rose Bowl, think about the Rose Bowl game, which is was an awesome game, but the implications of one of those teams advanced. Also, that call just because it was a great game doesn't mean that rioted. Hmm. I said if if that blown call had happened and that was a playoff game, Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin would have burned mm. down the fucking ground. <laughs> right. It would have. But but just because it was a good game doesn't mean they deserved to be in the playoff. I mean, Oregon was a playoff quality team. They just laid an egg. At a, they were just Arizona dumb. <laughs> like, like that was a real problem. They were super inconsistent, but that was a quality football team that was. But it was like the, but it was like the same the Oregon team that we kind of watched all year. I'll say it. They're better than they were better than Oklahoma when they beat. I agree with Utah, that. The way they beat Utah, they were a better team than Oklahoma. I think Wisconsin was a better team than Oklahoma. <laughs> I think there was a couple wow. teams that were better than Oklahoma. I think we should That's honestly. There. I had. This, I agree with that too, but. I had this take uh, the day after that we should stop putting Oklahoma in the freaking playoffs. I don't care. I understand they were the most like 
deserving by the metrics that we go. But you can't sit here and tell me that they were the the fourth best team because they do the same thing they always do. They boat race teams in the Big 12, and they play no defense when it comes to playing teams from the Big 10, SEC, or any other ACC. Like any premier conference that plays fundamental football on both sides of the ball, they're always going to lose to until they figure out the defensive problem. Fair. Because I, I got nothing to say against Oklahoma. But yeah. back to your LSU point, your the original eight, LSU point. The 18, if they do. Sorry, the eight-team playoff, I don't, I'm not as in favor of that anymore. I do want, I think, six teams, and the first two teams get a bye. And I think that would be interesting. But I am falling if, away from the eight. Because almost there are very few years where there's eight teams that are all very close to each other. There's usually a pretty big drop-off. <laughs> So, so if they get a bye, do they get rid of this stupid little bye week where we have to wait two weeks for the championship? Yeah, I would be down for that. Perfect. Then I'm in again. You sold me. Because I, I that last week without having college football and knowing Sucks. that I got to remember that the national championship game is on, on a Monday? Yeah. I forgot it was on a Monday. My God. It's always on a Monday, which is so dumb. That's I why it. I always forget about it. Yeah. I like – I was uh, – this Monday, I like looked up random and I was like, "Shit, is national championship this?" No, okay, it's next. It's next week. <laughs> but yeah, I give them and playing that extra game as crazy. And I have nothing to back this up, but I would just think when they make the transition to the NFL, they're used to a longer season. Ah, it's already st- actually that's a bad take. I'm not going down that road. Never mind. I'm skipping that take. <laughs> Ignore that. Act like nothing was just said there. Heard nothing. Yep, but. I know we were getting to the LSU greatest team ever. If they win, which is a little premature because they still got to win, and Clemson is a very good football team. But if they win the season they've had and the way they've beaten teams, I think there's a serious conversation that can be had about if this is the best football team we've ever seen in college football or up there with them. They're at least in the conversation, I think. I think they would be too. I think they'd be up there with some of the – some of the A.J. McCarron-led Alabama teams. Um, 2,000 Miami teams that were just loaded. Those, no those ones, too, yes. Those mm-hmm. ones, too. Um, and then, like, the Vince Young Texas team, the the Reggie Bush USC team, they're right up there with these guys. Can you guess our age, given the teams we're listening right now? <laughs> <laughs> the old Ohio State teams. The right? old Ohio State teams, yeah. yeah we're like, talking 2002. We're not talking any, any yeah. further than that. <laughs> There's still, like, I mean, some of these teams, though, I think they're up there. I think there's a real argument to be had about that. I mean, they if have they, to be. They still have to win, which is going to be very tough. Yes. Because, let's face it, is LSU the better team going to this game? Yes. But... Is Clemson afraid of big moments? No. Do they have a phenomenal coaching staff that's going to have them prepared? Yes. Do they have the talent or the athletes to keep up? Yes. Are they experienced in a way that they know, given the Ohio State game, that as long if things look bad early, keep pushing, don't get out of your head, you've got a real chance to turn this around? Yes. So this is going to be at no, I don't think. I think if LSU jumps out to a big early lead, 
I will be more concerned than if it's close, if that makes sense. <laughs> Cause, yes, because if Trevor Lawrence has a chance, he's going to take it. Yes, and also the one thing about the Clemson defense is they're like, is it a amoeba, I want to say? I don't know, whatever. They learn on the fly. Like, they make – it should be – it's not – I've said it so many times, but they are – one of the most impressive teams as far as in-game adjustments defensively. And if their game plan doesn't work, throwing it out the window and just flying by the seam of their pants and making it work defensively. Like, it is impressive what Clemson can do. So, Brett Menables is one of the best coaches, I think, in the country. And so, I would be concerned that LSU... I'm also not that concerned, I think, the more I talk about it now... (laughs) Also, Coach O's not going to let him take their foot off the pedal. So, because he's going to have him. But it's it's going to be good, I think, regardless. And neither is Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's also true. Joe like, Burrow, Joe Burrow out- isn't going to let him take their foot off the pedal either. Joe Burrow is one of the most aware quarterbacks I think I've seen as far as he knows exactly how to keep everybody in the game and competitive. And I think they're all aware that they have the shot to do something, and as cheesy as it sounds, incredibly special and be in that conversation for greatest team ever because they are incredibly determined. And they have yet to – it would be it would have been very easy to overlook Oklahoma because I don't think most – I don't think really anybody thought Oklahoma was going to win that football game. They could have very easily looked past them and been in more of a shootout game, and they just murdered them, like left them in a ditch right. and murdered them. So, they could have very easily went in, went through all of media week, went through their bowl practices, practicing specifically for Clemson and Ohio State, and not really practicing much for Oklahoma. Yeah. And they could have ended up in a close game. But no, they just blew them out like they always do, just like they did against Georgia in the SEC championship game. We also forget, because these dudes do not look like children, but and they're not children, but they are still kids. Like they are, They're still young adults. So it would have been, I would think of myself – when I'm like 20 years old, if I'm on the best football team ever, it would have been easy to be like, we're going to just roll the ball out and beat them and then move on to the national championship game. Cause we've seen it happen so many times, but there is this laser focus on LSU, which makes them even scarier. The problem is, I don't know if we're overlooking Clemson here. I don't think Clemson's going to win, but I also don't, like I said, I put my biggest bet of the year on this game. I am picking LSU. I would lock them if I had other picks that day. Out of James, out of the James Madison, North Dakota State, and Clemson LSU game, LSU is my lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be super good. But I think, I think there's too much going in LSU's favor for Clemson to put up a fight. Maybe yes. not a fight, but win it, I should say. <laughs> Yes, I don't give Clemson a shot at winning it. They could keep it close, though, because of those defensive adjustments that they can make in-game. It could throw Joe Burrow off, a little bit off, but, it, I mean, nothing's knocking Joe Burrow off this game no. completely. No, he is phenomenal. Um, all right, we've taught that one to death. Let's move on to the NFL. We got four I see a theme here. Awesome game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, just, we're, we're exercising all of our talking points today. Everything's coming out. We're starting with Minnesota Vikings 49ers. Line is seven. 
49ers are favored. Under over is 44. I think the magic on Kirk Cousins, if you're even going to call that, from the Saints game, dies here. I, The Minnesota Vikings are a great football team. They have a great coach in Mike Zimmer, but they still have Kirk Cousins. It is going to turn midnight. He's going to turn back into a pumpkin, and they are going to lose, and I think 49ers cover this game. I don't disagree with anything you said. He did not shed the big game Kirk label, or the the choking in big games label. It was just one game. I mean, it was a big game, but it was only one game still. And it was the wild card game. It wasn't like it was a Super Bowl. So uh, I'm going with San Francisco here. Yeah, we said this on the Tuesday show. If he does win, like if he plays really well in this game and they beat the 49ers, then I have to eat crow because like I'm eating all my takes every the like, I don't know, 10 Kirk Cousins fans out there can basically throw middle fingers to the rest of us because this would be. This would be crazy impressive if he does it. I just, I think that was such a big moment in the Superdome against the Saints that I think it comes back to reality. The 49ers are the better team. I have my concerns about the 49ers going further than this because I feel like they are primed for the, we are clearly one of the best teams in the regular season. And we're going to do something incredibly dumb in like the NFC Championship game or Super Bowl um, and really fuck this up when we should be a legit Super Bowl team. But and they are. I just I have a weird gut feeling that things are not going to go well for them down the stretch. But I do think they close this game out and I like them to cover. I agree. Here's my favorite. We're not going to talk this one to death. Next one. Ravens Titans. I I don't know what to do with this line because I do think the Ravens win. But the Titans are a deadly team. They are the most dangerous team in the playoffs right now, I think, because they are playing with the most confidence, but also with laser focus after going up to Foxborough and beating the Patriots. Mike Rabel has the boys cooking. Derrick Henry cannot be stopped. You could give him 30 touches if you wanted. Ryan Tannehill, while he didn't play great in Foxborough, is having an insane season. I saw before the playoffs, under pressure, he has the second best QBR. Like, what? When did that That's happen? That's insane. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think they're going to win, but I like them at 10. That's a big number, especially for playoffs. They're at 10. Oh, and boy. they're going to try to control the clock. I can't imagine they don't go into with the same game plan of control the clock, run Derrick Henry, and just hope to play really good defense. I 10's a big number for me. I kind of like the Titans here. 10's really big, especially with Derrick Henry. I do like the Titans now. You've talked me into it. Yeah, I wasn't aware of their number before, so I hadn't looked up the spread before I got on here. Yeah, I think the Ravens win because I, I think now that the Pats are out, I think as long as the Ravens, as dumb as it sounds, as cheesy as it sounds, as people are like, oh, thanks for that take. It's just if they play their football game, I think they make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Chiefs are going to beat them which we, if they get through the next game. I don't think they beat them the following week, which kind of leads into that next game of, Chiefs Houston, nine and a half is the line. Chiefs are favorite. Over under is 51 and a half. I think this is another like clock strikes midnight. They turn back into a pumpkin. The Texans turn back into the Texans team we know. I don't know if Will Ferrell is a go yet. I think he's still game time. Um, but even with him, 
I think that offensive line crumbles. I think Bill O'Brien's brain goes to mush, as it typically does. It even went to mush the last game. I think clock strikes midnight. They go back to a pumpkin. Chiefs win, but the number's nine. I don't know where I feel on that. Ooh, nine, nine. That's tough. Right? No, wait. Yeah, nine and a half. Nine, ooh, nine and a half. That's a big number. Tough, that's a huge number. I mean, especially watching that Houston Texans game. I mean, Deshaun Watson, something just flipped in his brain. He was like, I'm not losing this game. I'm just going to win it. And that's what he did. Oh, he so, did the Greg Jennings put the team on back shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That is what he did. He did the same thing in college. He did the same thing in the NFL. Yeah, which he is amazing at. It's just in Arrowhead with this Chiefs team. I just I don't see a way they pull this out. I just one because I don't trust the Texans. I didn't trust them last week, which was fine. The Bills still covered. They were three and a half. They lost by three. I don't trust the Texans. I don't know if I ever will until they actually. It's sort of like the Patriots dynasty isn't dead to me until it's officially dead and buried six feet under. Hmm. They're I don't trust them until they make like a Super Bowl or the eight. <laughs> or they make the AFC Championship game. We'll say that. If they make the AFC Championship game, I will start trusting the Texans. But I don't trust them to get out of this game. I don't know about the number, though. I don't like either one of those. I think I'd probably go over. But, I mean, the over is 51 and a half. Ooh. I don't know if I'd like any of this. I might Dude, stay away from so this high. game completely. Yeah. <laughs> I might just completely stay away from this game. I've been trying to trying to oh. bet smarter. I don't know if I'm going to give a pick on this one, to be honest. I would I mean, pass we, on this game. Yeah. I'm taking Chiefs, so – Here's what you do. You take their money line and you parlay it with one of the other games this week. And then you might have a little bit more of a favorite line. They are <laughs> minus 40, but that's what you do. Um, Seahawks Packers. This is the game I'm most excited about because it is going to tell us everything we need to know about the Packers because the Seahawks should have beat the brakes off the Eagles last week. Like it should have been a gajillion to zero as soon as Carson Wentz went out. Mm-hmm. That team was held together with bubblegum and duct tape, and that's probably doing them a generous service by describing it that way. If the Packers – this game's at four, which is surprising. I'm going to take the Packers. It's in Lambeau. Russell Wilson, I trust him more than probably any quarterback right now in the playoffs to do some magic. DJ Metcalf has been fantastic, but it's just not being able to dominate a incredibly banged-up Eagles team is concerning for me. So I'm – favoring Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They've had a, a week off to game plan, to get healthy, to feel rejuvenated, all that nonsense. It's in Lambeau. If they don't play extremely well, though, if they lose, obviously this means nothing. But if the Packers don't win by, I'll say, more than a touchdown, there should be some real cons- – the panic button should be out – Red flights should be flashing everywhere for Packers fans because I don't love this Seahawks team right now. I don't love this Packers team right now either. I don't like that either, but they sh- I think they're better than the Seahawks. <laughs> Their record is crazy, but they're, they're, the tape doesn't back it up at all. No. You're I mean, right there. So they, not to bring my own Lions misery into this, but they beat the Lions two games this year. They were 2-0 against the Lions. They were leading for a total of 0.0 seconds combined in both of the games. They had a lead for 0.0 seconds in the entire game. I get that. It's just the Seahawks can't really run the football. I mean, as much as we're excited for Marshawn Lynch to be back, there isn't much of a running threat there. So 
I feel like the Packers are going to be able to play pin your ears back in attack, which Russell Wilson, granted, is one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the league, one of the greatest quarterbacks under pressure right now in the league. I like Russell Wilson, but I... I don't like the number. But I, I don't, don't like their team, and yeah. I don't like the Packers team either. I, I don't just, like I either don't, of these teams. Yeah, well, I agree there. <laughs> like, <laughs> both these teams are bad. I don't think either one of these teams is good. In the early game on Sunday, I just don't like the lines. In this game, I don't like either of the teams. <laughs> also, 640 is a weird start time, but... Um, 305, what'd you do? Pull that out of your ass? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Six forty. I don't know what's going on with these start times. Um, oh, we don't want any Sunday night games anymore, so we're not going to have the normal one o'clock. We're not going to have the normal four o'clock. We're not going to have the normal eight o'clock. We're just going to split the difference and put one at three <laughs> and one at six forty. It's true. It's true. Um, man, the more I think about it, though, the more I'm like, the Seahawks might pull something off. Both these teams went dirty. I'm leaning towards the Seahawks in this game. I like the Seahawks in this game. This is what I do. I'm going to think about it. It's going to be a game time tweet. Not game time. Morning of tweet. I'll tweet my pick then. Follow the Trophy Kids account at Trophy Kids Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But this is this is going to be. These are two win ugly teams that are not very good that have a lot of trouble ahead of them. Like if I'm either a fan of either one of these teams. Soak it up while you can, because if you make it out of this game, it is nothing but pain and misery from here. So <laughs> don't get your heart, heart, hopes up too high. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So are we done with that? We are. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Yes, I do. I have one crazy hot take, a bonus hot take at the end of this segment, and a bonus question for you, Nate, that I have been stewing in my brain for a little while now. And it's been ever since the Tom Brady leaving New England talks have started. Okay. You're sitting as, as the, at the Tennessee Titans. You're Mike Vrabel. Oh you have a chance to either pay Ryan Tannehill big because that's what he's going to command. Or you could get Tom Brady for one to two years. If I'm the coach, I would want Tom Brady. But if I'm the GM, I want Ryan Tannehill because he gives me the most potential. Do you trust him that much? I don't know, man. He's been pretty fucking good this year. <laughs> He's been good, but do you, do you, can and you Tom really Brady, trust him? you're going to get – here's the one benefit I will say about that situation is Tom Brady would be stepping into a much better offensive outlook with the – Oncoming of A.J. Brown and Der- being able to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. If Delaney Walker ever shows up again, maybe using him as a tight end. <laughs> I wouldn't but, care about that. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a win-down mentality, I would say, yeah, I'd want Brady. I think Brady's still better than 30, 22 quarterbacks in this league. You can probably make an argument for the other 10. I would say he's still in the top 10. I would say mm-hmm. you want him for his brain and his ability to mentor somebody. But then the problem is, because you're going to lose Mariota, because Mariota is a free agent. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose Ryan Tannehill because he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. What is your game plan after Brady leaves? Which is kind of where the Pats are. They're sitting on a ticking time bomb of, oh shit, we have nothing when he's gone. 
to back it up, which is why I think they're going to sign him. Because one, Robert Kraft loves him. And two, you can't let that type of player walk away from your franchise. Like, you can't have him finishing his franchise Peyton Manning style somewhere else and potentially Mm -hmm. winning a Super Bowl somewhere else in another jersey. Mm -hmm. The imagery of that's bad. But, yeah, I mean, I think it would be smarter to sign him over Ryan Tannehill. And you're going and you're going to play with one year old teammates. Four one year old teammates. Which is weird. And you also know, which is probably a relief, not that I think Mike Vrabel's doing much coaching at the quarterback group, but <laughs> you also have to know that there's not too much you have to do there. It's more scheming, less fundamentals, and like stupid shit you have to deal with. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean I don't hate it. I don't think that would ever I think in no way shape or form will that ever happen but i think they're going to sign ryan Tannehill because he offers he offers you the best chance long term if you can keep it up biggest bang for your buck well not no i just said if you're win now you would sign brady so not biggest bang for your buck for stretch your dollar the furthest we'll say (laughs) potential stretch your competitiveness the longest yes yes exactly stretch your relevancy out Yes. There you go. There we go. Stretch your relevancy out. But yeah, if you were in like a fuck it, let's roll the dice. I don't care if this whole thing blows up in two years. Yeah, I would do that. Like if that was your mind approach is like, you know what? Screw it. We're going all in. We're calling Yahtzee and we're going like, let's go. Bada bing, bada boom. Sign that man and bring him down. <laughs> Get him go. on down to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate that. I'll be interested to see if he actually goes anywhere. The The funniest thing was that video he posted or not he posted but the internet posted of his head over wolf of wall street saying i'm not going fucking anywhere yes like yeah no duh the guy who like said he wanted to play to 45 and clearly wasn't the biggest problem the patriots and still looks like he has some tread on the tires isn't gonna retire wow (laughs) big surprise Mm -hmm. yeah that's all i got i don't hate it that's all i got now i don't i don't think that's too hot i think that's some i don't it's never gonna happen but it would be a question of them all over. Right. Tennessee and the Titans, only real, <laughs> Yeah. Tennessee Titans, Mike Brable, if you're if you're listening. Tom Brady might be available. It makes sense. It doesn't it doesn't it isn't the dumbest thing I've heard all week. We'll say that. <laughs> wow, thanks, Nate. No, just, it's it's good. It's legit. I would it would be something to mull over for sure. I would think about it. I would take a hard think about it. I don't know if I would do it because You'd go, wow, Ryan Tannehill's really been good. Let's bet on him because he gives you the longer, like we said, stretch for your buck. But it would be tough because Tom Brady's still pretty good. (laughs) Pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Maybe not the best, but he's pretty pretty. There's a lot of tread, I think, on those times. Well, maybe not a lot. I give two Mm. seasons. Two seasons. (laughs) If he doesn't get injured. Two seasons if he doesn't have some colossal injury is what I got left on that arm. Fair enough. Mark it down. Also, why I don't think the dynasty is dead, but if you want to hear that reasoning, you just listen to our Tuesday pod or make sure you subscribe and you get them all. So that'll do it. That wraps it up for us on this Friday. As always, peace. Peace. peace.